um, welcome to the Liberty Ladies podcast. Today I have a um, an old friend of mine, actually. The last time I saw you, I think you were getting naked in a river. So, you know, as you do, one of one of the only, one of very few men who have ever done that with me, actually. Um, but today you're um, here to talk about narcissism, but from the man's perspective, right? Yeah. Definitely. And... Um, You've recently been through a breakup. Were you married? Yes, yeah, we, we got recently. married. Yeah, we got married very quickly. We were together sort of two and a half years, got married after essentially a year and a bit. Um, and then recently had the, uh, the divorce put through on our one year yeah. anniversary. Oh, which, well. Which is, uh, I sound very insincere, but sorry. Sorry. That's all right. Happy anniversary and not. Specifically, <laughs> isn't it? Um, yeah. So. Talk to me, talk to me about how, how things started. Um, did, you know, in terms of narcissism and mm-hmm. how, how, how that, um, I guess, showed itself, when did it start to rear its ugly head and what were the early signs? And then how did that develop? Right, okay. So look, looking back from when we first met, um, everything was obviously, as you can imagine, really, really passionate, really um intense and, and really quick um and some of the early signs there for me were like around sort of the emotional control side of things um mm-hmm. and you know for example if i if we'd gone out for drinks i'd talk to a, a girl just you know next to the bar say hello or whatever and it would be a fly off the handle and an argument in a form of i'm not allowed to do that now um you yeah. know if i if i looked at someone the wrong way it would be you know you're looking at them why are you looking at them um and then i started to to change my behavior um thought right you know i can't yeah. do this i can't do that because it's gonna cause a bit of a bit of a stir um and then you know trying to to prevent arguments which in fact then even probably caused arguments to be fair and yeah. then as time progressed things got a little bit more intense a little bit more controlling manipulative um and i completely changed who i was you know everything that i thought i was in terms of myself completely got ripped apart and yeah. then as time went on, that's when the sort of the emotional sort of abuse, I'd call it, in terms of um, calling names, um, sort of verbal tirades or ghosting, that was that was the, the toughest bit, to be fair. I could go a whole day completely ignoring me. Um, and things just gradually, gradually over time got more intense. And, you know, one minute we'd go from, I love you, you're the, the best thing since sliced bread. And then 10 minutes later, it would be, I hate you. You're, you know, you're the, the biggest mistake in my life, and should never, have, should never have got with you. Um, and it just sort of a bit of a snowball, and it just, it just continued to go, gather pace. And I think as soon as I'm not blaming COVID, but as soon as that hit, we were in each other's pockets twenty four seven, and things ramped up. Um, I had been hit a couple of times. Um, I had been kicked, um, and probably the, you know, the, the scariest point for me was when she in, in truth nearly killed me um mm. so you know it was one what did, what, did, what happened so we'd had an argument and, and she'd run out of the house um got in her car and drove off and i knew she never really went far when she got in her car she'd only sort of just drive because she was a runner she wouldn't you know if things got intense or if things got heated she would run especially mm. when confronted with actual truth or or anything like that because it was sort of an avoidance of the facts if you, if you run um yeah so i went out looking noon noon she'd be in probably one of the side roads and then obviously being honest she'd had a couple of drinks um 
and I stood in front of the car and I said, listen, you're not going to kill yourself and some innocent bystander, so you're going to have to drive through me if you want to leave. Yeah. Um, and she drove at me. Um, yeah. So, you know, I ended up on the bonnet, you know, going along 40, 50 mile an hour on a, on a main road, um, literally like a scene from James Bond. Oh, my God. Um, and, you know, it was, uh, it was moved past very quickly the next day um, when I ended up apologising for my reaction to the argument that we had. And mm. the apology I got was probably one of the least sincere apologies I'd ever received. Um, mm. And, you know, it wasn't only that. She, she would speed up and slam on the brakes to, to get me off the bonnet. Um, mm. And, uh, yeah, so that, that was... That was daunting, as you can imagine, and, and terrifying. Yeah, you know, literally, because it's one of those. If when she broke, I'd have come off the bonnet, I would have gone under the car. There's no way she would have stopped, yeah. and you know, that would have been my daughter without a father, you know, brothers yeah. without brothers, and parents without a son, you know. So, yeah, but yeah, brutal. But you know, the probably thing actually, the, the the mental side of it is probably the toughest to to deal with for sure, because that just leaves you doubting who you are what you've done and it just sort of breaks yeah because earlier court. you said you started to change your behavior mm -hmm. um i i've always kind of seen you as quite a like very um like warm character um mm -hmm. so do you mean like you would avoid that kind of friendly side to you just to avoid the argument or like what what levels did you go to start changing your identity to to fit around this person so firstly, I would I would go I would try and go over the top. Mm. So you know what I what I felt was the more I did. So I never felt like I was enough, and I was told you're not enough, you'll never be enough. And I don't know if that mm. was a, just a way to hurt me. So then that made me try harder, and then I would try and do more things. I would try and do more surprises. I would try, and I would try and push it too much, probably to the point that it felt forced at times because I yeah. felt if I do more, if I do more, I'll get more love and I'll get less yeah. abuse. And then obviously you, you'll know me from times gone by. I'm very much into my friends and sort of the, the lads days and going to the football yeah. and going out for drinks after work, that whole, you know, I'd always go for drinks after work but before I met her. I'd always have that sort of social aspect. Yeah. But then what I started doing was stopping seeing friends. I started, I stopped going for drinks after work. I didn't go to any work functions unless I took her. Because yeah. I, I knew if I did go for drinks or if I did go to work functions or if I did go to see, see the lads, it would be either ghosting throughout the night or I'd get some form of tirade over text or I'd get mm. in, the next, in the neck the next day. So then mm. I started changing that part of my behaviour. I, I lost friends. I disconnected from friends. Um, one of the one of the biggest mistakes I made was one of my best friends at, at the time. We were due to go to a stag doing Ibiza. You'll you'll know him. Um, yeah. But and and I pulled out not because yeah. any other reason, but to save myself the hassle. So yeah. that was I took who Grant was and literally threw it away. Yeah. Um, and became essentially a shell of a man who then through wanting to make her happy put 110% into her and 0% into me or anybody else and I and feel like this bending is a real like a uh, common thing common theme and I see it in women um I don't think that everyone's in an unhealthy narcissistic relationship that ha mm. that does bend but I see people 
um, obviously I have more conversations with women than men, but I see a lot of women start to bend their identity to fit the other person um, yeah. in hopes that they will receive more love. Um, mm -hmm. And by doing that, you erode the very core of who you are and the whole reason that they liked you in the first place normally um yeah but suddenly definitely. who you who they were attracted to in the beginning become um you know those things that they liked about you suddenly become um areas where they can pick on you over um, yeah definitely definitely that because you you feel like you've got a bend because you know it, it, it saves that that hassle that abuse or you know both physical or emotional you know you think it's going to work but actually it probably has you know the, the opposite effects of what you're hoping but i think it's just natural instinct isn't it if someone's sort of trying to push you away you're trying to do more or trying, someone's trying to hurt you trying to limit that friction or that yeah, conflict pain. yeah Definitely. and so have you had what how long ago was your breakup and uh, how have you been coping this is the interesting so from sort of august 2020 it was constantly thrown over me that right we've got to set a deadline because this isn't working out the constant threats of, of divorce even two days after we got married um i was threatened with divorce I, I don't know how um and then from august through to november it was a constant threat that has been sort of hung over my head really um right 30th of november is the deadline 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 um came to the what 30th of november what was what was think what was the what was the reason for that date just so because it, that was that coincides with the end of the second lockdown um, yeah um possibly so the, the 30th of november was our uk wedding um, oh, okay, which was the sort of the registry one and then the 4th of january was the the actual wedding if you call it that but we couldn't yeah. we had, because we went abroad it wasn't official so 30th was like that's the earliest point we can get divorced okay Do you know um, yeah, so I had that know. constant threat of right 30th of November that's is that going to be divorce day is that going to be judgment day um yeah uh had one sort of last hurrah for our one year anniversary and did a big sort of surprise and big lovey dovey thing but that that fell on its uh fell on its face and then I moved out on the the first of December yeah went to live with a friend um to to separate to rekindle and date again I was told um which just was completely false um and I, I later found out when she put the divorce on the 4th of january that she told me she had no intention of getting back with me it's just that's the only way she could get me out of the house so okay. i sat there sort of trying and trying and trying for one or two months um getting nothing back i'd seen her twice wasn't allowed to date her all the time while she was talking to and seeing someone else um or had mm -hmm. seen someone else which I found out through someone seeing her, which, you know, even even that treatment, you know, it's to, to be told that she had no intention of getting back with me. So then she just kept me there dangling, yeah. which, you know, it just wants me there if she needs me or wants me. Um, while she tastes the single life, as she said she wanted to try. You know, you don't yeah. get married and then say, I want to want to try the single life. It doesn't work like that. No. Um, but yeah, no, kept me dangling. And then 4th of January, she put it through when I was off on holiday. Um, and I found out on the 25th of January that she'd sent it through. And then I had a bit of a wobble, shall we say. Yes, I bet. And so almost that rejection um, mm -hmm. has, has got to hurt and you've got to still be hurting right now, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Still in no. 
fill in pain have you sought like any kind of help or have you been able to talk to people what's your what's like because this is I mean this is a dark time for the whole country but if you're going through um probably a little bit of PTSD following Mm -hmm. that and also the the you know the grief of a loss of love even if even when love is um as toxic or um up and down as it sounds like yours has been you Mm. still have to grieve it and you still it's still a painful time how are you how are you coping with that um it being truthful i said to you at the start i've been no holes barred um so i'll I'll tell you how how exactly i'm doing um but when when i found out on the the 25th um because obviously how sort of broken i feel i am and how lonely that made me feel and how awful to hear that someone's just played with you for two months and then you've got no strength and you just feel completely weak. I actually tried to to commit suicide, true. Um, And if it wasn't for uh, an innocent bystander who actually was a saving grace that day, then I probably wouldn't be here today, in truth. Um, Yeah, so, um, yeah. And then off the back of that, I went to hospital, um, being put in touch with the crisis team as it were um and i I saw them every day for like a week or two seeing my own counselor on the side doing hypnosis being given some jolly old pills um so yeah it it really does you know i used to be a strong guy and i've been broken down to a shell of himself and yeah so it's been brutal. Oh, so now God. at the minute, it's, uh, yeah, it's just trying to get through every day at the minute. But these are these are all things that people don't really know, which still now know. So, yeah, um, well, yeah. it's it's really brave of you to um, come and talk. And also because the stigma is so stacked against um, men and is so, um, you know, statistically, it's meant it's not it's meant to look like it's the other way around. So for you to reach out and say, you know, I want to say tell this from a from a male's perspective of having been through the same um, is is brave and hopefully will give other other men um, and you know and other women like if 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 we're behaving badly we need to check ourselves and and also that you know it just breaks it just opens up conversations and breaks down barriers I think what um what looking back Mm -hmm. if you if you could do it again or if you did it again what like what would your advice be to someone that has is going through something similar where they feel like their identity and personality is just completely eroded and they feel like um you know I don't know who I am anymore and am I crazy or are they crazy like or you know what's real because I you know for me that was very much the theme around narcissism was I don't know if I don't know if I'm going crazy now because everything I'm being told about myself isn't right. But this is meant to be the person that loves me, and they're telling me these things. So, you know, I think I, I think the the difficult bit is obviously you, you always hold out hope that they're going to change. I think you always think that's it. They're going to change. They're going to mature. They're going to change. You keep telling yourself that, um, and I kept saying to myself, I kept creating excuses for for what was going on. I kept creating excuses for. I kept telling she's going to change. She's going to change. However, I think if I was true, truly, truly honest with myself deep down, I think I saw and witnessed what was going on. And I think if I could give any bit of advice to anyone is, is trust your gut. If you know 
what is happening you know deep down what's happening to you you do you, you're not stupid and then the yeah. sooner you act the easier it is because I didn't act soon enough I didn't stand up soon enough I wasn't strong enough early early enough you know you've got more strength at the start than you would have at the end so to speak you know after yeah. you have more strength after six months than you would two and a half years yeah. so I think it's for me it's about recognizing it not not forgetting who you are and, and acting you know acting very very quickly you know because I got to a stage where I think I was going through a bit of sort of codependency where I felt like I needed her, you know, where she said, told yeah. me I was, you know, she was the best I was ever going to get. And I was a one chance at a life and, and, and all of that, a good life. So I felt like I needed her. Yeah. Um, and now that's, I think that's what makes the, the, the break harder because it's like a drug, you know, you're absolutely, you know, you're, you know, you're chasing that high, you're chasing it high. And when it's ripped out, you've gone cold Turkey. Whereas for them, it's a complete, uh what's it called disassociation they d detach from you but obviously yeah. you're the one that's then left wanting so the sooner you act the better and you know that's probably what i'd say to people is just act quickly don't don't yeah say trust that. yourself and that. act yeah yeah and also and also here's the other, other thing i didn't do is i didn't listen to people close enough to me yeah you know, i would i would tell people my best friends what was going on what was being said what was being done um they would advise me you know naturally you're not always going to listen to people are you but I think the outcomes you know if you're looking at, out of it from a bird's eye view my brother told yeah. me this actually come at it from a bird's eye view and look down and what would you be saying to yourself if you were the bird looking down yeah and there's your answer um, yeah but it, it you know it is tough because you've got to have the strength to walk away from someone telling you how much you they love you one minute and how great you are so then yeah bringing you to an absolute rock bottom uh, and 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 that is it isn't it it creates addiction within the mind and within the body the physical response is and it is of addiction um is the same and when um the, there's been loads of studies done that have shown that the same parts of the brain light up as as crack addicts you know when you mention the name of the x it's that same yeah. dopamine hit um that you know that it, it was I, and I read the seven steps of how narcissists work. And the first bit is very much love bombing and that, you know, extreme serenading and making you feel like you're the only person in the whole world. Mm -hmm. And then to like, eventually they just restrict so much of that side of themselves that in a way um, kind of makes it easier to leave. It took me a year to leave um, my narcissistic ex from when I first mm -hmm. wanted to break up with him. Um, mm -hmm. And it was just so difficult because it was this constant, like dangling the bait. And then I would like get the courage to leave. And then, mm. um, and then I would just be, you know, attacked again emotionally or love bombed emotionally. And it was just like, just this constant high and low, high and low. Um, and yeah, it was, it was difficult. What, um, when you say that you saw the red flags how early on did you see them looking back probably sort of the first few times we sort of met and saw each other you know when we would go out for drinks or or food or whatever it was probably very 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 early on in terms of the controlling aspects um, yeah you know that that was the bit i probably one of the, you know one of the things i struggled with most was you know the, con the control bit you know it was it was subtle control you know mm. like i said it was you know, I would change behavior, you know, because I knew she wasn't happy with it. And I think she knew if she kicked off about something enough that then I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, 
that was probably the thing there, you know, even to the point of, you know, what clothes I wore, she didn't like something, I'd have to take it off, you know, I had to post certain things on social media if I didn't post the right things or I posted my daughter or posted pictures of friends, that would be an argument because it wasn't her. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I did a post when I got COVID at the start of the year and because it didn't mention her, that was a problem. Um, yeah. it, so it was very, that, that was... That was tough, but that that probably started quite early, I think. Um, and, and can then, I ask, before you met, had you gone through any kind of pain or anything traumatic, or lost a job, or lost any, or broken broken up with anyone? Because a lot of the time, when we start, um, when we get into a narcissistic relationship, a lot of the uh, controlling behaviours are almost passed up as. Um, like a bit of a, an ego smoother so I don't mean to say that in uh, this is your fault kind of way but for That's me funny. like I know that um, I saw red flags but they were around like he would be really unkind about his ex-girlfriend he'd be really unkind about other women but really elevate me and so my ego was feeling very like oh you know he really likes me and, and almost the jealousy and the intensity was mm. a reinforcement of how much he liked me looking yeah. back I know that that's a huge red flag but because I had come out of a painful situation I just um broken up with Gary literally within the month um mm. I was in so much pain that I was just desperate to mask it with something else so that's all I, I'm just kind of asking it, it was there anything that happened before that you know that made you attach to this person harder because I always think pain attracts pain yeah, definitely. So there, there definitely was. So I'd, I'd, I'd lost my nan a few months before and mm. me and my nan were very, 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 very close. And she was like the uh, matriarch, I suppose, of the family. Um, yeah. And, and that, in truth, that was the first person I'd ever lost. So I was I was pretty broken after that. I hit rock bottom after that. Then I found sort of the gym and health and fitness, got into shape. Um, and then, yeah, that, that was probably a big loss. It's interesting what you said there about, about your ex with regards to you know um bad talking sort of previous ex and things like that you know she, she'd done something similar where she she told me she split out of her, her ex um because it didn't give her enough attention or didn't give her enough love so then I felt I had to go big on attention and big on love to then yeah. stroke her ego um yeah. but then but then the relationship started off on so many lies anyway um yeah. because you know when when I met her in July 18 <laughs> she was actually due to get married in October 2018 um, wow. and I didn't know I didn't yeah. find out until probably a year later um, so if I would have known that at the time that would have yeah. been a red, red flag so. yeah of course and the funny thing is sometimes I think like I see red flags and somebody said to me when I first um, got with him mm. um, they said you know be really careful because you are really vulnerable at the moment mm. because of what because I've just broken up with Gary and um and I was like yeah I'm fine and I genuinely did feel fine I genuinely felt very in control in the beginning I didn't feel like um you know I saw I saw the red flags but I was just like Do you know what you know I'm not I'm not into this like this isn't something that no one expects to come out of a 10-year relationship and get straight into another one but I really do believe pain attracts pain and and mm -hmm the best thing for any of us to do is to build ourselves up without needing someone else around us to do it. Um, mm. And not needing someone is almost like the most 
the best thing about a relationship is to not need that other person but just to genuinely like love having them around and that and them enrich your life but not to need them for your own yeah. happiness or or joy or fulfillment um but it's it's a long um it's a long old road but yeah. you know you, you you've started and and the most important thing is that you're you're at ground zero you know i don't think you mm. can get worse than suicidal um mm. and rock bottom is the really the best place to build and to start to reinforce your identity and and who you are like you seem like a very um friendly social young man to me and mm. and i know that it's a really hard time but hopefully you know the, the end is nigh and we can start you can start to build who you are again um mm. back up and and start to remember what it felt like to not feel you know so heavy and yeah. dark yeah no, it's tough it's, it's just got to start somewhere you know i've got to take the weight off my shoulders and try and let go but it's whilst you're still you know i'll be brutally honest i'm still madly in love with her um, yeah really am and you know i think if the opportunity came up I, you know i think i would i would go back of it and that sounds crazy considering what i told you and it really does um and i'm trying to look at it from that bird's eye view again and be like this guy must be mad um but you can't yeah. help what the heart wants and and that's the tough bit you know my head's telling me one thing the heart's telling me another and that, that's yeah. the, the worst the battle to be in yeah. yeah, it is, you know. Um, the addiction is real. It is very, very real. Um, and it's, you know, it's the, I've, again, I've not spoken to her in a month now. I had to block her on everything because I couldn't, I couldn't have, see things in my life. I couldn't see that. I, do you know what I mean? I had to block her. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm the bad guy for that, of course, but I had to do it, you know, for my own sanity. And that was the first step for me, looking after myself and doing something for yeah. me and putting me first. Yeah. Um, and it has felt quite liberating doing that, um, but it's just trying to get rid of all the other scars now, which unfortunately will be with me forever. But you know, if, you know, I'll I'll build again, and, and just for everybody out there, it's, it's tough, and just got to keep going and put one foot in front of the other, even for small steps. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. And you're um, hopefully you've got some plans in place with therapists and people around you. Have you found mm -hmm. that your friends have? you know i know that you said you lost friends or that you yeah. not necessarily lost them i don't think you'll have lost them completely but um you know have they stepped up have you told people that you need them yeah they, they, they've been absolutely brilliant they they've you know they, they've stuck by me through thick and thin my best friends i, ha I have lost a few um that yeah. were sort of probably not best friends but they were friends that then just i lost you know i I lost my brother for a bit. Um, my best friends I didn't speak to for, for a long time because, you know, there was problems created there for me whereby I couldn't speak to them and I had to have secret conversations outside the house. And when I go to the shop, I'd have to call my friends when I went to the shop because that's the only time I could talk to them. Yeah. Um, and, but they've stuck by me and they've been absolutely incredible. You know, I've had phone calls from them daily, FaceTimes from them daily going to see them which I know we're not fully allowed but at the moment that's the least of you can do what you, you can do what you want right yeah exactly you're allowed and, and to I'm, get that pass yes exactly that's my thinking so no I, I can't fault them enough and I think family have been brilliant and everybody that knows the actual truth has been yeah. brilliant and yeah, that's even gold dust and that's um, and kind of difficult it, another thing that happens is um obviously you, there's a there's a part of you that wants everyone to know 
you know what you have been through um mm. but of course we can't control what other people are told or what other people speak <laughs> say about us um mm. and i always find that found that really difficult and um my ex did a facebook live um about me in the summer and oh, wow. i was so upset about it and he was talking about you know really horrible things um and i genuinely i haven't i hadn't spoke to him for four years and i genuinely thought in my head i'll just ring him and reason with him and it'll be fine mm. and i forgot that he's not a rational human being <laughs> and uh never do that never do that no. never re once you've broken the contact never re never do that it's so bad um but anyway um yeah I, i'm i'm so glad that you came on and i really really hope that you know every day like you get a little bit stronger and a little bit um a little bit more of your glow back that yeah you know that i'm sure you're sure you've still got loads of lovely glow around you but i'm sure you so. just feel a bit <laughs> you yeah just just need a little bit of polishing yeah, um, definitely. We'll do, I'll tell you what, we'll do, we'll do another one of those um, river-naked yes. uh, photo shoots. That's what we can we, do. <laughs> well, actually, it's funny you should say that because we have all agreed that we're going to do Men's Liberty this year and really, um, really take it, like, seriously, even if we only do one or two for the whole year. Yeah. I just think it's fun, isn't it? It's just silly and fun. Yeah. I think, you know, I think it's important because I was, I was thinking about this the other day. Actually, I was talking to, I think you know my brother, don't you? Um, yeah, both of you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Bodhi. So I was speaking to him the other day, obviously we were talking about, about you guys and, you know, how, how good you are for liberation and the sort of women and, and that sort of, I don't want to call it a movement, but that sort of, it's important, isn't it? Um, yeah. Really, really important. But then I also think it's it's important to, to do both sides because, Absolutely. you know, we're all the same. Ultimately, we've just got different bits, haven't we? So it's, um, we're all and human actually, at the end of the day. In terms of men, um you know getting getting help and getting therapy they don't tend to get it until it's very late you know probably you you know as you as you know um mm. if when men get suicidal they're much you know men are much more likely to commit suicide and for it to actually you know for it to um they're much more likely to be violent against themselves and it actually come to fruition when when i say commit suicide i mean commit suicide and then actually die women yeah. try to commit suicide more often but um don't do as well <laughs> and luckily i mean luckily i don't know I'm, I'm digging a massive hole with what i'm saying and you know what i'm saying it's yeah. it's important that men are given spaces to talk and safe spaces mm. to be able to speak their truth because i don't think it's done enough and um, and a friend of mine, Jenna, has started doing um, some men's therapy um, and it looks looks really, really good. And I, and I was thinking about how we team it up with um, with Liberty Shoots and maybe, you know, I, I hold at least one Liberty Shoot a month for women, but maybe I should give the same commitment to men and and do do the same thing because it is really important and it is um, it's really life affirming as well. Mm. No, it is. I think the thing the problem is with men obviously it's the whole masculinity thing, isn't it? It's that whole tips tough up a lip and yeah, don't want to admit weakness and you know. But actually, it's just, I think you've just got to flip on it and see it as a strength because you're going to make yourself stronger. So you know, it's not it's not bad. Yeah. But it's not negative. And you definitely but strengthen think... you definitely strengthen identity by talking about yourself. Um, mm. Two sets. My daughter's asked for an iPad. Oh. What time are we on the thing? I'll get him to cut that out. I don't even know. I'll just tell him to listen in. 
I'll never edit my own podcast. It's terrible. Oh, really? <laughs> I should, but... Right, if you can, do, but, if you can um, get someone else to do it. Exactly. Delegate, Grant. Delegate what you're not good at. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so thanks for coming on. Um, That's all right. I'm going to leave people with some parting words of wisdom, and I know you said what you said earlier, um, but I might just get you to re either reiterate that or anything else that you want to say. Um, uh, do you know what? I just think, to, as I said, just reiterate what I said earlier, trust your gut. Um, you, you'll know what you're going through or what you're suffering isn't right. Um, and as much as someone's trying to make you out to be the bad guy and as much as someone's trying to flip everything onto you and as, such, as much as someone's trying to demean your emotions and feelings, um, just remember that that's more about them. Um, yeah. and, if, and if you recognise it, be honest with yourself and the faster you act, the better it is for you because the longer you get into it, the tougher the recovery will be. Um, yes. And listen to your friends and family because they say they're coming at it from a different perspective and they're coming at it from an, not a neutral perspective, but they're coming at it with a perspective that isn't um, blinded by love or blinded by yes. faith. So Definitely. trust yourself. Well, thank you very much, Grant. And, um, and I hope right. you get better. And, I, and we'll, we'll do this again in a couple of months when you're telling yes. me that, you know... You're, where you're at <laughs> yeah you're fine not even yeah. fine you're smashing it and you're loving life and <laughs> we're all skipping around in a field oh lovely i can't wait get me in those lavender fields eh? <laughs> <laughs> definitely thank you so much lovely no worries jen thanks very much